It's the second straight week, uh, Jessica, that we are taping a Valley Polity podcast. How does that make you feel? I mean, we're getting back to the swing of things. So, <laughs> and we're got at a perfect time with started general assembly session. So we got plenty to talk about this go around. You were down there Wednesday. Uh, you, you you spent the most of your time down there. Uh, Following around uh, rookie delegate Chris Runyon, uh, R. Bridgewater. Uh, I guess real quick, just some first-day reflections uh, from you from what's going to be a pretty hectic 60 days down there. I mean, if the first day of session is going to be any reflection on to what the rest of the session is going to be like, it's going to be a long session. Mm -hmm. They took, um, as soon as the they gaveled in around noon, they... We're trying to pass their rules, and committees were not assigned yet, so they had to pass temporary rules until they could figure that out on Thursday. And then when it came down to the, how many people would be going to notify the governor that they were duly organized, it was about a three- to four-hour discussion between the Senate and the House as to how many people would go down. So... I, we started around noon. I probably left around 5.30, and they were still going at it. And the governor's speech was going to be at 7, and it was a, probably an all-day thing. Of all, of all things, of all things to, the, the fight about, I think that kind of sets the tone, I think, where this whole session is going. Oh, and it gets better because whatever happened on Thursday with changing the name of committees— I don't know what's going on at this point, but if, I'm hoping it's just a warm-up for the next 60 or less days. How, how did Runyon do on his first day down there? I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was just kind of taking it all in and a little hectic, but, I mean, just some thoughts on, you know, you talked to him, you saw him, you, you, you saw how he was acting. How, how did that go for him? I mean, he seemed pretty, like, he had been doing this before. He had told me when I was down there that for when he was able to move into his office, he had been coming in every day at 6 to get ready and to meet people and to figure out who the Capitol Police officers were and learn their names. And so he's been definitely taking the time. And, you know, he kind of lucked out with his apartment is right across the street. So he doesn't walk far to get to where his new job is. So he seemed very relaxed. He wasn't really freaking out at all. You know, I think his um, wife was giving him more of a hard time than anyone with just, like, little things here and there. But, I mean, he seemed pretty relaxed and calm, and he was just, during while their, the house was at ease, he was talking to the people sitting next to him the whole time and just building up those relationships that he has said from day one he was going to be doing. And and he's roommates with uh, Tony Wilt, yes. uh, the delegate out of Broadway. I wonder who the better cook is. Do, do we know? I don't know if there's any cooking going on. Okay. Based on what the kitchen was, the only thing in there was a big bottle of alcohol. <laughs> okay. Well, that, and, and I think you're going to need that uh, down there at the, for, for 60 days of, of what should be just uh, interesting times. Uh, later Wednesday, uh, Democratic Governor Ralph Northam gave his State of the Commonwealth speech. Uh, Senator Mark Obenshane uh, was uh, not a fan. He was very stunning, active stunning. on Twitter during the whole time. And, you know, Northam's speech gets released when he starts, so we can read along while he's going about. But for the people that are in there watching, they have to take as much time as the governor takes. So there's these moments of here and there where Open Shane would be going to Twitter and saying his piece and what he thought was happening and kind of keeping people in track if they weren't paying attention where Northam was at during his speech and everything. And there was just 
a lot of things that he was not on the ball for. He said during an interview yesterday that um, it was definitely a different tone being set by the governor and one of which he has laid out a bunch of liberal polities, priorities that he expects to pass. And that his speech was, although it was ambitious, it was something that he would expect to come from California, not Virginia. And we've heard this several times, how Virginia is looking a lot like California nowadays. And that comparison is never not going to end over the next 60 days and probably until the next election cycle. Probably not till the next election cycle, yep. <laughs> Uh, later the day, or excuse me, yes, was it yesterday, Thursday? Committee, committee assignments, assignments were down? yesterday. It was very not usual. It was supposed to happen on day one, but they had to take another day to get that figured out. Uh, Wilt is uh, back on the Chesapeake and Natural Resources Committee. That That's a big deal because I... You know, I, I've been of the, the, the mind that, I mean, and anyone who follows state politics has got to be probably imagined as of the same mind that someone from the Shenandoah Valley needs to be on uh, the Chesapeake uh, and Natural Resources Committee. So Wilt's back on there. Who else should we keep an eye on and what committees uh, they were assigned to? Well, we have Wilt in the House with Agriculture. and We also have Gilbert assigned to be in the same committee. He's also will be in the House and then on the Senate side, we have both Hanger and Open Chain on that Agriculture Chesapeake Natural Resources Committee. So almost all of our local guys here in the Valley are going to be on that committee, which is a takes a little stress off your shoulders now when you're thinking about it. Um, Runyon got his first committee assignments. He's going to be in the Communications, Technology, and Innovation, along with Privileges and Elections. So there were um, a few that uh, he had mentioned he wanted to be on. He had mentioned he had wanted to be on specifically the county, cities, and towns. He didn't get on that one. He said he wanted to be on agriculture. He didn't get on that one. So, you know, he'll probably have to do some more learning as to figure out the next steps. Any reason why? Have you heard any reason why he didn't get on ag? I know he was big. He was big on that. He really he was wanted to get big. on that. I know it's more of a just putting in a request when these committee assignments are being happening. It's not necessarily a guarantee. I don't know how the process works down there, other than a lot of people were very confused as to why it hadn't already been established on day one and why it took till day two. But while they were going on committees, a uh, big thing that happened yesterday. They changed the name of the uh, Commerce and Labor Committee to Labor and Commerce. Well, I can see where that would get where that would confuse people. They have to have a sarcasm. Yes, because you know, Senate is still Commerce and Labor. So now we have Senate and House. Their committees are the same, and now they're slightly different now for reasons unknown. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, it's going to be fun down there, isn't it? Yes. Uh, as is going to happen now is is more bills are filing in uh, any that we locally need to watch. I mean, I think uh, the Wilt adding the Newtown Cemetery in Harrisonburg uh, to the list of cemeteries that qualify uh, to receive funds for the Department of Historic Resources is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, when General Assembly started on Wednesday, most of, for, to my knowledge, his bills were flooding through the legislative information system. So we got a feel of how many or what exactly he was going to be putting out. And one was specifically towards Harrisonburg, which he represents, and it'd be adding Newtown Cemetery with 400 eligible graves to the list of t- cemeteries to which um, qualified organizations may receive funds from the Department of Historic Resources for the Care of Historical African-American Cemeteries and Graves. 
And he's also, he's coming back with this beehive distribution program. He kind of got into this a few years ago. And he's bringing it back, but this time to make some changes with the process for granting of basic beehive units by the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services for a first-come, first-served process into one based on merit and limits applicants to three beehive units per household per year. And there are a lot of beekeepers up here in the valley. I was just going to say, that's not a code word for anything. That is literally beehives. Yes. They're, I mean, they're not your typical, you know, Pooh Bear thing mm-hmm. when you're thinking. They're just in these boxes that are catered for these bees. I mean, I went out there one day and I did it for you know, good morning for a couple hours and it was an experience you get a little sticky while you're doing it yeah i bet it and you do see long linville creek in broadway and and i think maybe a little bit in timberville no linville creek does not run through timberville but in broadway you see a bunch of those white boxes Mm -hmm. on some properties kind of you know within the flood zone or just outside the flood zone of linville creek uh you know last week we talked about hangar uh you know was thinking about some firearm related bills uh he did put one out yes we finally have uh clarification as to what he was talking about during interviews past he is going to put out um a he has pre-filed that uh, bill that would establish a two-year joint subcommittee to study numerous issues related to firearms firearm safety violence and second amendment rights and the resolution directs the joint subcommittee to file an interim report after november 2020 and a final final report after november 2021 so this looks more to be of a study and kind of his two cents on what we can do moving forward with this big gun legislation talk that seems to never end so I so he's he's looking to, to kind of extend it out. It looks like in the next year. Yeah, and it's more just to look at some things of you know the issues that could relate to these things. What have what has been going on since Wednesday? If we've been asleep and haven't been following along, because those first two days are pretty tiring. ERA took its first step and it passed the Senate um, Committee on Privileges and Elections in a ten to five vote that happened yesterday. So it's already taking its first step. I mean, there um, was a statement put out that, you know, it could be too late to ratify the ERA right Mm now. So we're kind of in this mixed routine in between that, you know, we're moving forward. But is there anything to move forward at this point? We don't. It's unclear. But, I mean, the state can still put it in can still put it in its constitution or can still make it state law. It's not. I got to look through what the statements are going through. I mean, there was talk on Wednesday. A lot of people were saying, you know, you know, we could ratify it. It's pretty clear that Virginia would. But would it be the 38th state to put it in the Constitution for the United States? It's, you know, there's been talk going about that. Maybe all the states may have to do this over again and start from scratch. And, you know, would the numbers still stand to make that happen? It's, you know, we've kind of, we've made it here finally, and it's like, okay, are we going to be doing it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Something else for everyone to fight over. Yes. Uh, What else have we missed that if we were asleep, I I noticed? uh, How about marijuana decriminalization? How is that going? So there's a lot of legislation that's still pending to be put on committees. So that kind of hasn't, not a whole lot's been happening on that. It's been still kind of sleeping in the background. Where I'm still checking every day to see where that could go. If there's going to be certain committees that maybe our lo- local guys will be 
in charge of or could be putting their two cents on. Uh, what do what haven't I asked you that I was too dumb to ask or too dumb not to ask? I mean, it's been pretty quiet for the first three days. I mean, we're still kind of feeling out what it's going to be like still. I mean, there's been some obvious, you know, getting adjusting to. I mean, we have a new speaker now. She has to get adjusted to her new role. And there's just a lot of things, you know, it could be considered hiccups. We don't really know if it's more of an intentional or accidental or if they just want to take a lot of time to pass how many people are going to be notifying the governor, who knows? It's There's a lot. <laughs> I, I'm going to put you on the spot. An old managing editor of mine used to always talk about the quote-unquote mood on the hill columns. Uh, what is the mood uh, at the Capitol in Virginia on that one day you were down there? Well, day one is always going to be... Bit crazy. You're going to be fighting people to get on the elevators, trying to get in the buildings. You know, we walked into the Capitol and to get inside, and there was rallies and protesters everywhere. We, you know, you had people who were there for to advocate climate change. There are people there to advocate for ERA. There are people there advocating for the Second Amendment. So from day one, we got a, a lot of people coming out to you know let their pe- representatives know, like, hey, we're here. You need to listen. And it was a lot of uh, reporters around trying to stop their uh, legislators to get some questions before they start and getting a hold of them. And, you know, they always say the first day is a lot crazier than every other day. I hope that stands and that the next time I'm down there, it's not that crazy. But, you know, it's, it's still take it day by day. Well, we know at the very least you'll be back down there on January 20th uh, for the gun rights rally. Uh, that's a guarantee. We don't know. We'll, we've got to see what happens the rest of the way uh, when you're going back down. Uh, Jessica, what is your Twitter handle again so people can follow you? Yes, so it's Wetzler underscore Jessica. I'll be making updates, putting out bills that our legislators are putting out there, keeping you guys updated and just going along with the ride with you guys. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week, Jess. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you.